It's JJ DiGeronimo, and we are in season three of Career Strategies for Women That Work. I select every episode with you in mind, a woman searching and striving for more influence and impact. With research and insight, I've invited some really exciting guests to season three. Many of them have books that you can follow up with and even discuss in your women's groups. And like many of them, I'm launching my next book, Seeking, 74 Key Findings to Raise Your Energy, Sidestep Your Self-Doubts, and Align with Your Life's Work. With so much to discuss, let's jump in. Hello, hello, it's JJ, and I am so excited you're here with us again today. I have an amazing guest that we are going to be talking about brilliance and leadership, and I've already posted some of this on LinkedIn, and the women responding is really amazing how many women are really looking to step into their brilliance and their leadership. So today I have Alicia Javar with me, and she is an expert in this area. So Alicia, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, JJ. I really appreciate it. It's going to be great, and I can't wait to just jump into this. And what I'd love to know is how do you define brilliance? Yeah, at its core, I define brilliance as a woman's natural essence, and that is not the same for every single woman. It is when you are able to dip below the social conditioning that we receive throughout our lifetime and really ask and look at what's inside of us, that is essentially a woman's brilliance. Oh, this could not be more perfect timing. This is definitely the backbone of my book, which is talking about working from the inside out. And I too talk about how conditioned we as women are. And I even go as far as saying that many of us leave our knowing at the door when we go into our jobs. Are you really talking about tapping into that additional wisdom and and knowledge that we have as women? Yeah, that we have as women and really bringing all of what is alive in us and true for us to how we lead in the workplace. So there's a lot of traditional knowledge that we should leave different aspects of ourselves at the door before we walk into the office. And brilliance is really debunking some of those best practices and being the decider of what which elements of what's important to you come into your work and your leadership. That is so interesting. And something I believe wholeheartedly. I mean, really, I feel like so many women feel ill-equipped at their jobs because they are trying to show up the way that is expected of them. So I love diving into this and how to do that because I just think some of us don't even know how to make that happen. Absolutely. And I love, I love what you speak about, JJ, with the inside out. You know, a lot of women are conditioned to focus on the external, to focus on those around us instead of on ourselves. So the whole notion or the journey that we're talking about is counter to a lot of our conditioning. Yes, so much so. Well, this is exciting. And I think for anyone listening, really thinking about, you know, how can I step more into myself? How can I show up more wholeheartedly? Because I think for so many of us, we are the only women at a few of the tables throughout the day or even throughout the quarter. And I think it's intimidating. And I can't tell you how many times that I had doubted myself, even though I produced so many steps in the process and pulled so many projects across the line, I often doubted my capability when I was sitting at that table. Me too. So let's talk about that. So 
you know, you talk about brilliance, you talk about leadership, you work a lot with women in business. So how does this all work together? How do you really sort of use the word brilliance and using our brilliance when we talk about women in leadership? Yeah. So the way that I hold leadership is that I see every individual as a leader meaning it is not a title that somebody else grants you or a role or a position. It is a way of viewing yourself and holding yourself and how you show up to your work and your personal worlds. And with that in mind, a lot of the intersection of brilliance is trusting that designation for yourself, seeing yourself as able to influence your world, and then asking yourself, what of all of me do I want to leverage in order to influence things in a direction that energizes you or excites you or keeps you going in a world that's not always kind to women? Yes, that is so true. And it's so subliminal at so many levels. So if I was a woman listening right now, I'm like, okay, but how how do I even start that process? Yeah, I think I would give women an exercise. On one hand, doing a dive into some of how you were conditioned to think about being a woman. So for example, a good woman, dot, dot, dot. A woman should never, dot, dot, dot. For a woman to be safe, for a woman to be loved, whatever prompts feel worth exploring for you. But to really just write down some of those messages. And then in the work world, write down some of what you think is expected of you. And what naturally emerges is a disconnect between what's expected and how women are conditioned. Alicia, this is so interesting because much of what Brene speaks about and even I've had to deal with as I've moved through my journey, is really uncovering the stories I tell myself. And these are stories that come up without me even realizing it. So when I'm thinking about going for a promotion or a step up in my career or even applying to a board, the immediate reaction of my ego and the stories it serves me often are filled with fear and self-doubt. So with that, you know, how do you help women really kind of dive into these stories that you're speaking of, you know, that you're doing with your prompts? Because I feel like so many of us don't even realize those are on replay. Absolutely. You know, one of the reasons why my work brings groups of women together is when you are in the doubt stew, as I'll call it, with a group of women, it is easier to access this idea that it's not you. Meaning much of the systems that women operate in, especially when we think about the corporate systems that are primarily male dominated, they are designed to instill doubt in us. Because if we don't look like and operate like and have the same desires as people who we see in leadership positions, then we, our brains will make us wrong for that brilliance that we spoke about. So I find when women look at that messaging and compare it to what's expected, it takes a little bit of the pressure or the evidence behind this idea that I'm the problem Hmm. because we can see the way the system sets us up to create doubt in that disconnect. That is amazing. 
And it's amazing. And I don't even know if it's conscious. There's so many groups that I speak to the men that really do authentically want to help women in the workplace. They just don't know how. They don't understand how we show up differently. They don't understand how we process information. They don't know how we really make decisions. And I think for many women, when we do get in these groups, and I've seen it too, they're amazed that many of the doubts that are shared among the women are so similar. Right. Like, you know, women are taught to focus externally. We spoke about that a little bit earlier. And when it comes to gathering influence, which is required in higher levels of management, women can feel a little lost not knowing where people are in their mindset or in their needs or in their initiatives. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when we're charting territory that's fresh for an organization or a little less charted out, we can get a little bit lost because that external measure that we're conditioned to pay attention to is not as clear. Yeah, it's totally true. And then we start to doubt, okay, if it's not so clear, can we do it? Right. And is the brilliance that I have inside of me based on what I'm seeing and what I'm assessing, which is a a really great skill a lot of women possess, is this enough to rest on? Mm -hmm. And often it is, but our own doubt of that causes a lot of havoc and internal strife for us. And then we just lose our footing. Yeah. And with all the other things women have to do, they're like, "Mm, I just don't have the time to figure this out. I don't know if I can figure this out. Is anyone going to help me? Or the one that I hear so often is I don't have any more time to do any more work. And so I know the work I have to do in this role. Can I have the bandwidth or the knowing to do the work in the next role? Yeah. I think some of the exhaustion is just being at one of those crunchy points where we're in a little less defined territory and thinking in those moments, there's more to do than is actually necessary. Yes. Yes. I do say that. And I say, you know, a lot of times when you got to go up, you have a lot more support and you're not doing all the work. You're actually strategically aligning others on your team to do the work and put the thought and strategy into action. Yeah. There's a bit of perfectionism that plays into this as well. You know, a lot of women are conditioned towards perfection. It's something that I hear in almost every woman that I work with. And a lot of what we is required in corporate environments is first drafts. The the pressure or the expectation of ourselves that we're going to launch something or deliver something perfectly the first time is holding ourselves to an unrealistic expectation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can understand that. I've struggled with that too. I'd been in high tech for two decades, a lot of which in Silicon Valley, often the only woman at the table. Mm-hmm. And yeah. especially more on the engineering and product side, you feel like you're always being doubted. Whether that's happening or not, I feel like you always want to over-deliver. And I found myself over-preparing, over-learning, you know, over-practicing for decades, for decades. Yes. And we do get doubted. Yeah. And when we take that on as something that is ours to solve, it's detrimental to us. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? So I love this. I love bringing all this to the forefront. I'm just noticing even in the last three or four years in the work that I'm doing with women, 
that they're ready. They're ready to talk about the self-doubt. They're ready to talk about why they struggle from perfectionism and they're ready to do it in a new way. So I think this is such a perfect time to talk about brilliance and leadership. So with that, you know, what are a few strategies that women should be thinking of in addition to diving into their stories? Yeah, I think you're you're alluding to this, JJ, in that women are more ripe to talk about their doubts. I would say having a conversation with other women that you trust around the reality that is present for you in workplace. Again, because this will support you in realizing some of what you're faced with is not because there is a deficiency in you or something that you need to fix or a new skill that you need to acquire. It is the result of operating in a system that is not designed with you in mind. And not every limitation that surfaces as a result of that is yours to solve. I love this. I love it. It gives us freedom. It gives us freedom to be like, take a deep breath and realize, yeah, you know what? It isn't designed for me. So I don't need to be perfect. And I don't need to have this all figured out because they need me. And there's no way I could be perfect. I just need to show up the best I know how. Yeah. Another place, you know, this is our brains working. And I think more true for women. But there is a way where we don't spend enough time acknowledging what is working. So one of the practices that I often have women do is to take a real inventory of not just the accomplishments and the things that they have done or the actions they've taken, but ways that they have done those things. Like who are they being when they do take those actions? Because that is shining a light on your unique brilliance. So I'll make that a little bit more concrete. It's the difference between saying, I completed this project or this initiative, that would be an action. And if you ask yourself, what part did you play? Who did you have to be to deliver that project or initiative? You look at well, I was really strategic with my communication and was able to align three teams to a common goal. I negotiated a really tough piece of the contract at the last minute that allowed this all to happen. You know, you start to let your brilliance emerge in your own view of yourself beyond just what you're tactically accomplishing. I love these two areas of advice because I think in such a short episode, giving women some easy ways to identify how they think they should show up with the items you provided earlier on, and then diving into what have they done and why did they uniquely add value to that situation. Both exercises are so helpful because it reminds us that we don't have to be who we thought we needed to be and that we are more brilliant then we give ourselves credit. And I just think it is such an awesome way for women to just think about how they show up every day. Absolutely. Oh, well, I love the work you're doing. And at so many events, I have women raise their hands at different keynotes and Sasha so ask how many women have hired a coach. 
And it sometimes it's 5%, sometimes it's 10%, but it's never more than 20%. And I always tell women, you know, you need someone on your team that can help you dive through the details to really position you for your next level of impact. And so I love the work that you're doing with women. Where can they find you if they'd like more advice or they feel like they have things that they need to work through or could really just use somebody on their side to push the door open for what room they want to go into next? Yeah, you can find more about my work at aliciajabar.com. I love that. And I'll definitely put it in the show notes. And I just really appreciate you joining us. So as we're closing up, are there any parting words or things that you think will round out the conversation, Alicia? I think I will just leave an inquiry that if you stopped colluding with the idea that there was something wrong with you or a problem to be solved about you, what would be left? That is so beautiful. And I love it because it sort of, it really kind of hinges back on some of the energy work I've been doing is giving yourself permission to just be who you are and step into what is calling you. Absolutely. Mm. Well, I hope we have many more conversations like this. And I really appreciate you joining Career Strategies for Women That Work. Thank you so much for having me, JJ. Thank you. 